0: Predators beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-1. to Take that, 2017 Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll break down the game. Another big night for Roman Yossi, who is now on a historic pace. And why there's still plenty to be concerned about for the Preds, even though they won the game last night. Plus, Western Conference Wednesday. We are going to be talking about the teams in the Western Conference to watch during Monday's trade deadline. Trade talk's picking up, folks. All kind of today on the Locked On Predators
1: podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown to Predators podcast. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at ontheforecheck.com. And I have
1: a partner in crime who's
0: back. Welcome back. We missed you, Ann.
1: I missed talking hockey. The friend that I was with was probably far less interested. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at ontheforecheck.com.
0: Yeah, but it sounds like you got a nice little escape from uh, hockey for a couple of days. So.
1: I did, I did, and I did not miss not seeing that Blues loss, and it was exciting to get the updates on the wild win, so it worked out really well.
0: It was indeed a wild win. It was also a wild win last night for the Nashville Predators. They, of course, beat Pittsburgh by a score of 4-1. to It was 1-1 right at the start of the second period. Uh, And then the Preds pulled away, goals by Janot, Tolvanen, Yakov, Trenton late, Roman Yossi, another big game, three points for him, a lot to uh, get with him in a second. But first, though, and let's start with your one word to describe last night's game.
1: Well, as a girl born and raised in Pennsylvania, I love the city of Pittsburgh, but I do not like the Pittsburgh Penguins. So this game really was kind of a, eh, for me, I was a little bit nervous going in, but my one word to describe the game is satisfying. I mean, that was just so satisfying. It was not perhaps the prettiest win, and I know we're going to talk about that. But the win did have some great moments. It had uh, some really good moments for some specific players that I'm excited about. Uh, But they did what they needed to do to get the win. And you know what? After 2017, I think it will, for the rest of our lives, feel satisfying to beat the Penguins.
0: It really does, doesn't it? We were kind of talking about this yesterday where it's like, you know, there's always going to be that little bit of grudge. Uh, against the Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. Penguins, Um, even though you can equally respect how good they've been as a franchise for the past 20 years or so. My one word, and you kind of hit on it, and is patchwork, like a patchwork quilt. And, you know, you you have a nice little makings of a quilt here, and then just kind of little scraps, like little scraps of fabric that you just kind of patch together. And when you're all done, it kind of makes one big, pretty, heat inducing thing uh and last night's game kind of felt like a patchwork of sorts in that the predators had a lot of bad things go on um True. they also had a lot of good things go on and somehow they took both and they managed to just kind of quilt together all these little patches of good hockey bad hockey and they formed together to make one giant beautiful 4-1 win it's like you know one of those things where it's like you break it down to the individual pieces that went into tonight's or last night's game um, weren't great um, a mm-hmm. lot of turnovers for the Predators discipline was kind of another issue again um, defensively very sloppy but you know what they've they've put together a bunch of nice stuff too like roman yossi's big night three points for him uc sorrows probably one of his best games uh in the past two weeks or so um and then really strong on the penalty kill so it's like all these little things that were really good that you could kind of fold into the bad parts of the game and it wound up with a 4-1 predators win
1: I absolutely love that analogy because I really do think there were little pieces here and there, like you said, little pockets in this game where it could have gotten out of control for the Nashville Predators. Fortunately, I think UC Soros really kind of, held some things together down the stretch for the Predators. But there were, you know, glimpses of this is a team that could really be taken seriously in a playoff run. You know, we had pockets of that kind of play. Then we had pockets of like, oops, really shouldn't have done that kind of play. So I love the (laughs) analogy of putting it together and, you know, came up with something that's functional and could be considered somewhat attractive.
0: Now, I know it, it's kind of nature to, to break it down um, and kind of, you know, nitpick stuff here and there. That's just kind of mm-hmm. what we do. That's what, you know, pretty much any Preds fan on Twitter is going to do after every game. Um, but I think at this point in the year, especially when you're chasing the playoffs, and especially when you're in the playoffs, you have to remember that all that matters is the final score. And we kind of talked about this earlier in the year where, you know, the preds aren't gonna be lights out every single night. They're going to have bad games. Um, you have to figure out how to eke out a win despite those bad performances. And yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with the game last night, but they had players step up and make mm-hmm. plays counted to win. And you know, so that's that's kind of gonna be the interesting thing to me. Yeah, the preds aren't gonna like ace every game from here on out. Um, right certainly not going to win every game from here on out, but probably no. If you can have games like you did last night where you're not playing your best hockey and you're still managing to beat one of the best teams in the league by a score of four to one, those are the kind of performances you would want to yes not encourage, but it's one of those things where you can look at and say okay, we can tough out wins.
1: Yeah. And I and I will say that I don't think Pittsburgh played their best game either. I think they definitely had pockets of mistakes and Uh, They also had pockets where they played well. I think both teams really were hot and cold at different times in this game. But like you said, at this point in the season, what really matters is what you do in those pockets of time. You know, do you capitalize on the other team's mistakes? Do you do something to prevent your mistake from becoming catastrophic? And Nashville has not always been able to do that. And I think in this game last night, there was something that we saw of – um, being able to survive the kind of rougher moments of the game and capitalize on when they had some momentum. And I think that really is key, especially like you said, at this time in the year coming down to the wire with the playoffs in sight, you really have to be able to play this game. You know, we talk about a 60 minute game, but there are also games within this game where there may be a two, three minute stretch where how you play that stretch is going to affect the outcome. And I think it was reassuring Um, to see the Nashville Predators be able to survive some of those two to three minute painful stretches and to capitalize on those windows where they were doing some things really well.
0: Yeah, that's, you said the key word capitalize, you know, that's what, that's what good teams do. And uh, if you think, you know, if you think back to, you know, let's say 2019, 2020, where the Preds were dominating games and still losing you know, yes. what What matters more, getting that win or being the stats darling of the night? So, you know, you're you're going to have nights where you just flat out outclass your opponent like we saw against Minnesota. And you're going to have nights like last night where you don't have your best performance, but you're still able to squeak out a win. Both of those are important for the Preds going forward. Uh, Roman Yossi. Another huge night for him. Why is he not getting the Norris love he deserves? That's a question we are going to tackle in just a second. But first want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, sometimes even better. Than a candy bar, yeah, it's not a protein bar. It's a treat covered in 100% real chocolate, but it is low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and high in protein. For the month of March, they have something out called White Chocolate Shamrock, uh, where it is basically tastes like a shamrock shake. It is covered in white chocolate and covered in cookie pieces it is delicious Uh, if you're a big st patrick's day fan or just like green food that is something for you they got plenty of regular um flavors as well coconut coconut almond mint brownie cherry barcia salted caramel just same a few so there's something for every single taste Try it yourself. Go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, we're we're talking about the Preds' big win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And and one of the stars of the night, again,
1: Mm.
0: the captain, to quote our good friends, Preds P.A. Paul, Roman Yossi. Who is playing the best hockey of his career right now? Yes. And I don't think it's close.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think statistics wise, it's looking like he's on pace for a ninety five point uh, or ninety five point season. That's outrageously. Amazing. I think also the way he's gotten some of these points, he has been so good on things like the power play. He has eight power play goals. You know, he's just doing so many things so well, defensively, offensively. And yet it feels a little like there are crickets when we're talking Norris Trophy. And I'm wondering why only the people in Nashville seem to be talking about the season Roman Yossi is having right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at it, he's the only um, defenseman in the top 15 in points right now. Uh, he's very good in pretty much all of the metrics, offensive generation, defense. But yeah, he was, I believe, fifth in the Norris odds right now. Um, like way, way behind like guys like Adam Fox and Kale McCarr. It seems like this is just going to be given to Kale McCarr. Um, at the moment yeah, and
1: statistically, if you look at you compare he and Roman Yosi, you know Roman Yosi's not coming up short here. so it's a no. very interesting dynamic in the league that I'm curious why you think we're just not hearing much about Roman Yosi. Is it small market even though he's won before so you would think that this would you know be something they would revisit his name would be revisited. it's it's a little bit flummoxing to me.
0: Well, I think it's a mix because you Mm -hmm. look back to when he won the Norris trophy. uh, He wasn't favored a lot of that season, even during when the whole Yossi for Norris campaign. That's true. A lot of people thought Dougie Hamilton was the runaway favorite, even though Yossi had kind of, you know, comparable, if not better stats to him. um, And then Hamilton got hurt. And so that unfortunately took him out of the running. I think that year was just kind of Yossi by default. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though he was the best defenseman in the league that season by pretty much every measure. Yes. Still a lot of people that thought he shouldn't have won it that year. Or a lot of people that were kind of looking for any excuse, like, is there somebody else um, and I do think there's a little. <laughs> I do think there's a little bit of that small market bias, and I don't want to sound like mm-hmm. a Chelsea fan, um, right? But you know, when Kale McCarr is your runaway favorite, um, you know, you no know, ever you talk to, and you look and you see Roman Yossi's having a better year than him, you know, in pretty much every aspect of the game, and you know, the only difference you can find is the Predators are, you know a team in Nashville that is currently in a wild card hunt and the avalanche are a story yes. franchise currently in first place in the NHL. So that it's like, okay, yes. well then what's, what's the deal with that? Is it really bias? Um, you know, you, then you look like Victor Hedman is ahead of Yossi um, in a lot of people's eyes and Yossi's having mm-hmm. a better from him and the only reason you can think of okay is victor hedman is having a good season on a good team on a team that has won back-to-back stanley cups um so i mean again, like i know i know i sound bitter i know i sound like the hockey fans and writers don't care about nashville um but it is i think telling that roman yossi is having the season that he's having and he's still not getting the same amount of love. Hell, my argument again for Yossi a couple of years ago over mm-hmm. John Carlson was, hey, points don't tell the whole story. You got to right. look at the whole volume of work. Well, Yossi has the points this year and he has, still has like the better metrics than Carlson did that year. And Carlson back then was getting more love for Norris than Yossi is now. So I don't know if it's just a yeah. stacked field. You know, Adam Fox is certainly into it too, but
1: yeah, I think that could be a factor. I think there are a couple of them that are really having great years. It and I agree with you. I don't want to play the "oh poor us, nobody pays attention to us" card. You know, you want to be able to step back and look at it objectively. But when you look at things like the statistics. It doesn't make sense that he is not a larger part of the conversation. And it's frustrating. I will say that I think Roman Yossi in general is probably overlooked and underrated. And I think you don't notice it until he's not there. And, I, you know, we went through this earlier in the season where he missed a few games. And we had kind of talked about UC Saros as the MVP of this team, hands down. And then Roman Yossi was out a few games. And when he came back, we were like, whoa, whoa wait a minute now. <laughs> Roman Yossi is the MVP of the game. And I think he contributes so many things that are... um not measurable statistically to this team I think he makes people better I think he creates things for other people and I think those are things that are not measurable and I think that hurts him a little bit and I think even in Nashville I think sometimes we don't appreciate just how fortunate we are to have somebody like him yes he won the Norris trophy before and and we know that and that's amazing but I think His career overall is going to be something that really causes people in Nashville to say, wow, I can't believe I got to watch the Predators during his tenure, you know, playing in this city because he's that good at intangible things as well. You know, he's Roman Yossi is just a really good hockey player. And I think he's a good leader and he has not gotten enough credit for that either.
0: Roman Yossi right now is the best defenseman in the NHL. I'm not talking about this season. I'm not talking about like stats or numbers or anything like that. Roman Yossi is the best defenseman playing in the NHL right now. And it's getting harder and harder, I think, for people to overlook that fact. You look at the value he brings to his team. You look at the numbers he's putting up. You look at him, these numbers are carrying the Predators into the postseason conversation. Um, And they, I still think, are going to be a very big threat. That doesn't happen without Roman Yossi. He is a spark plug scoring. Maybe one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL right now. His defense, uh, puck possession, Little things like that, like the minor Mm -hmm. details like zone entries and exits. One of the best in the NHL. He is the total package. And I think it's time for people around the NHL to start respecting that because of the type of player he is, you know, with all due respect, if he was playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, people would be talking about him like they talked about Nick Lindstrom. You know,
1: I think you are 100% correct.
0: So I, I do think there is some sort of a market bias there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, not to sound like the jilted fan, but I do right. think we need around the league to recognize that Roman Yossi is the guy that teams should model their defensive group on.
1: I would agree with that, and I agree that it is, has something to do with exposure across the league. Uh, take that for what it's worth, but I don't think you will find another defenseman, and I think you would be hard pressed to find um, more than a handful of other players who do more for their team and make their team better than you will find from Roman Yosi.
0: Right. Um, other good players from last night's game. Uh, how about Colton Sissons? What a game he oh, had! Oh,
1: come last night. on!
0: Everywhere on the ice, <laughs> uh, he had yes. about, he had just under or just over two minutes of power play time, just under four minutes of shorthanded time. Wound up with two assists. Uh, again, a, a beast in the faceoff circle. Just over sixty percent of his faceoffs won Amazing. last night. Um, yeah, I mean
1: Colton Sissons. Can we take a minute and talk about his hit on Sidney Crosby? Yes, because was that <laughs> not the most glorious two seconds of hockey? It may be the most joy inducing two seconds of hockey I've seen all season long. Oh my goodness. Really? Colton <laughs> Sissons was everywhere.
0: He was, and you know what? There is not a Kevin pollock in sight to ruin this moment against <laughs> the um
1: that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, no goal that one. Um,
1: yeah. Yes, that's
0: Colton right. Sissons, Colton Sisson is another guy. And I know you weren't here yesterday, and but I kind of talked about this yesterday where the preds, you know, kind of have players in pieces that sort of remind you of teams recently that have won the cup. And Colton Sissons is somebody who definitely fits that bill, um, that guy that you can just plug into that bottom six, but you know he's going to give you solid, reliable minutes no matter what the role or the situation. Um, and, yeah, you saw it again last night. A lot of key defensive plays down the stretch. Very good. Sure. kill. But he also contributed in a big way with two points. I mean, this is another very complete game. For number 10.
1: Yeah. And you know what? He has been somebody who maybe isn't showing up on the stat sheet quite as much as he has in past years, but the people that he is playing with are benefiting from his time on the ice. I don't think for as good as Jano has been, as great as Yakov Trennan is, I don't think you have the they have the seasons that they're having without Colton Sissons. I think he is one of those underrated, really important guys on this team. I agree with you a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, he's up to uh, 24 points on the year. 30 is his career high. Um, and of course, he has about 22 games to chase that. So there's another milestone um, to yeah. watch out. What else stood out to you last night Ann, Uh in the game last night? Was there any player or, or aspect of the game that you looked at and thought, you know what, this is this is somebody who deserves some kudos?
1: Yeah, for sure. For me, one of the most exciting parts of the game last night was the play of Ellie Tolvanen. And of course, we're going to talk about his goal because this has been a long time coming. You know, I hate the term "snake bit," but I think that it is pretty accurate for what uh, Ellie Tolvanen has been going through. He's doing the right things, he's in the right places, he's shooting well, but he's just not found the back of the net. So to see him get a goal last night, I feel like that's kind of a monkey off his back, and I was thrilled for it. But I think his play overall in the game stood out. I think he is doing so many things well and for a player that came into this league and and who has sort of a reputation for being excellent at one thing and that's his shot What he has been able to do with his game over the course of this time where he struggled with his shot, I think is just such a phenomenal testament to an all around player and also to the coaching staff uh, that the Predators have who really have developed so many things for him. He was great with checks. His defensive play was excellent. He had some poke checks that were great. He was good on the power play. I love what I'm seeing from Tolvanen and I love that he got a goal.
0: Here's an interesting question for you. And it's kind of segues into mm-hmm. our next segment. Uh, and I only bring this oh, no. up there's a lot of people that <laughs> there's a lot of people that have brought this up on Twitter. Um okay. is Tolvenin a possible trade chip?
1: That question hurts my guts. Um, you know what? I can see where he would be very a valuable piece. I would hope that Nashville would not. Put him out there, but I can see where Ellie Tolvenin could be a really valuable chip uh, in, in in some sort of a deal, and I hate it.
0: It would have to be. Something. I would hate to
1: see it. It would have to be a
0: knock your socks off kind of deal. Like let's it that. would
1: have to be. Yeah. It would I mean, if we're if they're going to do a big, huge thing, then maybe Ellie Tovenin, But he's not a piece they're going to move for, you know, next to nothing. But I would hate to see that. But I think he is attempting tempting, he's a tempting little fella.
0: Well, on the topic of the trade deadline, of course, that is coming up Monday. And since today is Western Conference Wednesday, uh, we thought we would go through the West and look at some people who might be players at Monday's deadline. Who's going to be a big buyer? Who do we think is going to be in fire sale mode? And who do we think is going to be traded? Um, And yeah, I mean... It's a very weird trade deadline this year. It seems like there are very few teams who are willing to just kind of pull the trigger on like a big mega deal.
1: I keep thinking that it's going to be a last minute, huge flurry of trades. But the closer we get to the deadline, the more I'm wondering if maybe a lot of teams are just going to kind of sit still and only do a few little pieces here and there. You know, and in Nashville, I think everybody is just kind of waiting with bated breath for some sort of word as far as Philip Forsberg's going, too. So there's a lot of anxiety growing as we get closer to Monday's, you know, deadline.
0: Yeah, it seems like we're waiting on like one or two big dominoes mm-hmm. to fall. And I'm sure around the league, Forsberg's won. Although, like I mentioned yesterday, I think at this point it's a foregone conclusion. Forsberg's staying um, I would until hope at so. least the end of the season. I don't mm-hmm. see David Poyle trading him. Um, mm-hmm. That would just be a disaster, but I'm sure a lot of teams are kind of maybe waiting on an official word and who knows David Poyle maybe just maybe waiting to see if there's a team out there, probably in the East that makes some kind of mega offer um, that just blows the Preds away. But I don't really see that happening. Yeah. Um, one team in the West, I can see being big buyers of the deadline and we're already kind of seeing it is Colorado. Yes. I mean, they've kind of had to, you know, over the past couple of years, they've had this big mega team. They've had really, you know, a lot of success, but they just haven't gotten past that second round. You know, they, they collapsed to Vegas. Um, and I think if, you know, the, you look at their record this year and how well they're playing, Um, If they have another disappointing performance, I think you're going to see some question marks. Um, You saw it already. They brought in Josh Manson from the ducks um, and they're really rumored to be kicking the tires on Claude Giroux. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, you know, if you know, the reports out of Philadelphia to believe Claude Giroux has told the flyers that Colorado is his preferred destination, Um, And now with Gabriel Landeskog out for a while, you know there's definitely, I I guess, an incentive to maybe bring him in. Mm -hmm. So that's a team I'm watching, and it may not stop with Giroux. I think they may add a couple of other depth pieces as well. You saw them trade Nico trade for Nico Sturm. Um, So this is a team I think can definitely be aggressive come Monday.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that they're going to go kind of all in this year. And another team I think that may be kind of active because they're going to want to go all in is the Calgary Flames. Yes. You know, I really think this team feels like they've got something going and that they could make some, you know, good uh, post-season things happen. And I think there are some pieces that they're looking at that they may want to bring in. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Flames kind of active as we get closer to Monday, just bringing in maybe a couple of extra pieces here and there. And they also have some things to offer. So I think the Flames are going to be very interesting a, a very interesting team to watch the closer we get to Monday, because I do think they're going to want to get some things done
0: yeah the flames kind of remind me of uh the columbus blue jackets from a couple of years ago where everybody knew they had all these big contracts that weren't going to come back by the end of the year but they're like you know what let's just see what we can do um Mm -hmm. let's see if we can go wild um so i think that's kind of where the flames are in this boat and they're playing lights out right now or flames out (laughs) because you know they're the calgary flames um, so I, th- I think they are, I agree with you. I think they're a sneaky team to watch that could add a couple of significant pieces at the deadline. Um,
1: how about sellers,
0: Anne? Who's somebody that you think is going to be in fire sale mode?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the Arizona Coyotes. I feel like everybody's got-
0: looking at the Arizona
1: Coyotes. <laughs> I feel like this is, you know, the Kmart blue light special that's going to be happening. You know, I think. <laughs> Um, They've got Phil Kessel standing under a flashing blue light. I think, you know, they've got Jacob Chikrin ready to go. So I think that they're going to be selling. And and again, this is all your fault, Nick. But I am really interested to see if the Predators make a move to get Phil Kessel. Because this was your idea. And all of a sudden... It, yeah. And and I went down the Phil Kessel rabbit hole and came back going, the Predators should really look at getting him. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on them to see kind of where some of their pieces go. But I think you're going to see, I mean, I don't even know what you're going to end up seeing. This is like a clearance going out of business potential sale thing happening in arizona so that's my sellers team who are your sellers that you're watching
0: it's not the first time we've heard arizona coyotes and fire sale and (laughs) who knows what's going to happen there you go about the coyotes yeah um you know another team that there's two in the west that i really Mm -hmm. want to keep an eye on one is the anaheim ducks Mm
1: -hmm. uh, who
0: of course they got off to a very hot start they have a couple of really good franchise cornerstones, but then they kind of fizzled out. Um, And so now new GM Pat Verbeek is kind of looking at, um, you know, some of his expiring contracts, you know, guys like, you know, Ricard Raquel, um, you know, guys like Hampus Lindholm, um, there's, they're both guys that I think the Ducks want to bring back and want to be a part of this rebuild moving forward. Um, but it's going to be like, hey, are they going to want to stay around and be a couple more years? Or right. could Pat Verbeek get more value um, out of maybe trading them for a interest renter at the deadline as opposed to trying to re-sign them and risk losing them for nothing? Um, and then the San Jose Sharks are really interesting to watch um tomas hurdle maybe if you're taking philip forsberg off the market which you probably should is he would maybe be the biggest prize at the deadline at this point he is a power forward in every sense of the word in his prime yeah and uh yeah it's the same boat you know the the sharks are clearly rebuilding Um, hurdle is in his prime, has an expiring contract. It seems like a lot of people in the sharks organization want him back. You know, even hurdle himself sounds like he wants to be back, but you know, it, You got to have a deal that makes sense for both you and the team. And in his prime, I'm not sure he's going to want to do that. So I think it's almost like a Forsberg situation um, where they want to have him signed at the deadline. But if he doesn't, then I think he's going to wind up being moved. Yeah. I should clarify the old Forsberg situation.
1: Okay. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to do a second no, no, thing. No, no, no. no.
0: <laughs> like to, to clarify again, I think Philip Forsberg's staying put in Nashville for at least yeah. the end of the year. Um,
1: hopefully more.
0: Because yeah. you know, if, if you listen to like, you know, interviews from David Poyle and Roman Yossi, it's like they're almost like kind of dropping Easter eggs. Oh, that there might be
1: something close. Just drop the contract, boys. Drop yeah. the contract.
0: Well, I think he said on. Um, I think David Poyle said yesterday that the only issue right now is a uh, a dollar amount. Yeah, that's the only thing they can't agree on. So, uh, well,
1: I hope they take Diamond Rio's wise advice and meet in the middle because we just got to get this done. It's it's been hanging over Nashville all season, and I think it would be great mentally for the team too just to have some sort of idea of what's happening. So get it, get her done, guys. Get her I done. Thought
0: you, I thought you were going to go with uh, a hockey song and go. Um, the Middle by uh, Jimmy Eat World.
1: No, that's way too cool for me. Oh. That's way well, too what, cool. What are you saying about Diamond Rio, then? Oh, uh, but it's more my it's more my, my genre, and it's a little bit more my age
0: group. God well, love Diamond Rio. Well, I think you're cool enough for <laughs> Jimmy Eat World, Anne.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs>
0: um, again, more Trade Deadline stuff coming up throughout the week. And Monday we are going to be doing a special trade deadline show coming up after the deadline. Uh, so be sure to keep in touch for us for the rest of the week as we ramp up our deadline coverage should be an interesting year. And that's, it is. that that's- is for sure. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, though, where can the fine people find you online?
1: Uh, you can find my work at on And you can find me on Twitter at and underscore mama on ice.
0: I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at on the as well. Uh, find me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like us, share, um, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, let us know what you thought of the show or what you want to see from us moving forward. Uh, and also, what you think about the deadline. Do you think there's going to be some big deals in the mix? Or do you think this is going to be a quiet year? That's going to do it for us today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode.